Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Closely, it's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV on a Ballsmick Wednesday. Good to be with you as always. Appreciate you joining us. How is everybody? Come on in here. It is so weird on this mic. Sometimes it's echoey, loud as hell, crazy. Other times it is refined, processed, and beautiful. It's like it doesn't go through the processor. A little inside radio for everybody to start the show. It's just weird. And it throws me off. It's it's bizarre. Every day's a new day. Yeah. I'd like a little steadiness, a little consistency in my headset. It's frustrating. I'm not blaming you. There's something going on. Hell no. This ain't I'm, my department I'm anymore. Gonna, I'm going to figure out what's going on with the headsets. A little, little. Do you know how slow, slow the process now of me adding gray hair is being out of radio every day? Well, you are in radio every day. No, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like the behind the scenes stuff. It is not easy work. I salute everybody who works here all the time. But man, the brown hairs are fighting back well, it, because it, we're out. It matters if you care about sound. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, well, yeah, yeah, that's how that works. Or reports and the right, like, right. regional calls and so forth. Who yeah. has time for that? Well, that's in any job where that is a thing. Nobody likes that either. But then you have that PL call and then the transmitter breaks. Director, get out there. Mm, it's a toughie. On Twitter, it's at J. Cameron Show. It is Balls McWednesday. It's good to have you on board. Yeah, it's non traditional around here. We just, I'll air out the grievances right at the start of the show occasionally. Just here we go. I did go to practice today. I'm going to answer the question from Daniel right off the bat. Who knows how was practice today? He was fine. Uh, do I feel better about the. Um, or better than I do did at the start of this week, I guess. Uh, I I don't know what to think. I can't get a handle on this game. I I it's a very strange week. I it's it's shaping up to be very very strange. I just I I feel ex- the extremes. I kind of feel like either Florida State's going to go in and play a really good football game and walk away with a convincing win. Over Clemson, and we'll all calm down a little bit, feel better, kind of chalk up what happened against Boston College to a number of weird factors. Like that game, oddly, is a little bit like the Clemson Duke game. Like, I, for anybody that actually watched the Clemson Duke game, 
I know the final was 28-7 to Duke, right? If you watch the game, you felt like Clemson was better than Duke. But they turned it over a gazillion times inside the five. And then there was another turnover in the game as well. Like, you can't do that against anybody who's halfway decent and expect to win. But when you just looked at the yards per play and all the other metrics, like, Clemson's better than Duke. They are. But not on that night. And they lost that game because they did stupid things inside the 10-yard line over and over and over again. It's 31-10 to 10 Florida State. They've wrangled complete control of the game. They've gone on this huge run. It's 3rd and 17. Boston College and their head coach thought the game was over. They're content to run the clock out, basically. They're running the ball into the middle of the line, taking their time in between plays. And then on 3rd and 17, we have a bust, a blown assignment. Kid makes the play, and all of a sudden they're a little bit buoyed. And if you marry that with some really weird stuff, like you can't pick up a squib kick and you throw the ball on the ground and let a guy walk into the end zone. and I mean, just bizarre, dumb things. Team was riddled with the flu. So you just like combine all these different things and you're going, all right, uh, was that just an anomaly? Was that just strange? Maybe. But it also revealed some things that I didn't like about the team that makes me question who they are a little bit. And I just think it, it leads to extremes. Like the, the reaction is an extreme. The thought that they could go in and, and maybe really dominate Clemson, but also could get dominated, which would open up a whole can of worms and a very different discussion. It's a strange week. It's a, that was, those, the two games I just described were strange. The game Florida State just played was really strange. And so uh, trying to get a feel of exactly what's what. I will go... A little bit more with history, and I'll give Mike the benefit of the doubt here, tends to dial up really good game plans in big moments and big games. I, I, You know, they don't always win them, but he'll, he'll have something for you. And I do feel like that's going to be the case come Saturday. I feel like this offense is going to play well. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to predict turnovers. It's hard to predict penalties and things of that ilk. But if they don't do anything to shoot themselves in the foot, I think they're going to move the ball effectively. I think they're going to have success offensively. I think this may end up being really the most complete game the offense plays. They haven't played a complete game yet. They didn't against LSU, and they didn't even against Southern Miss. And they certainly didn't against Boston College. But I wouldn't be surprised if they play their most complete game of the year on offense meaning there's real balance, guys run hard, they block it up, Jordan makes good decisions, they catch the ball. You know, I, I could see this being their most complete game. Well, if they do that, then Clemson's got to keep up with them, which all the pressure is now on Clemson. And I like our chances if the offense is setting the pace with consistent success and balance. I think they're going to be able to run the ball this weekend. But the hard part is, for Florida State, you've got several data points, some great, some alarming. Yeah, With Clemson, you hardly have any data points. You've got the Duke game. It's a week one, so that already creates mystery. You've got issues inside the five-yard line with two turnovers and a missed field goal because of all the penalties you take and all that stuff. So how good is Duke is the missing piece that I'm trying to help create a comparison? Yeah, It was so easy to me, and to you too because you picked it the same margin, to look at the LSU game, even though it was the first game of the season, because there were so many guys coming back for both sides. And so you had a lot of comps. 
Mm-hmm. And it's a lot easier to look at it with, okay, you know, LSU returns X number of 22 starters. Florida State turns, returns basically everybody. We were better than them last year. Have they become markedly better? They're moving Perkins to linebacker. Their their secondary is worse. Well, they made, worse. A mis- they made a mistake there. But, that was silly. But their secondary is worse out of camp. You know, like this is we're in a good position here. Yeah, we thought so. Clemson is did. a grand mystery. They're they're a grand mystery, and I think the hard part is if I'm looking at it from Florida State's recent history itself. Usually, when that happens, that means that there's there's an issue within the program. Right. You know. Right. I'm sure that like. Louisville in 2016 was petrified of Florida State coming to town for the noon kickoff. I'm sure that media group said, well, this team is, look. They shouldn't have been. You see that second half against Ole Miss? They figured it out, guys. Look out for this group. And then 10 minutes in, they're like, oh, well, that's nothing at all. Clemson could be that, or they could be a hell of a lot stronger. It's hard to tell because they haven't played anybody the last two weeks. Yeah, and it's a new OC and a new offense altogether right. and a new yep. quarterback and a lot of news. Uh, you know, unfortunately, the one Norm, it seems like he's been there 105 years, is Shipley. Uh, I'm tired of his ass. He's been mm. there forever and a day, and he's a real good football player. Yes, it's, he is. He's really good, man, and and he plays with a reckless abandon that I think everybody who plays college football or football in general should play with. But I think it's especially true if you're a running back. That's why I was upset when Nick Chubb got hurt, you know, the other night watching that. There's a guy who plays the position the right way. And and I think Shipley does too. Uh, They're running a lot of these two-back sets at Clemson right now, and um, it'll be very curious to see how we handle that. I I think we should be all right, but you're going to have to put on your big boy pants here. You can't do any of this patty cake nonsense we saw against Boston College in stretches. Now, I am inclined to chalk up when I went back and watched again I'm inclined to chalk up some of the passivity of the defensive line on both scheme and illness um I really think yeah, scheme we didn't talk a lot about that either yeah I wasn't real pleased with it um but I I think some of that was scheme some of that was illness and um it's curious I mean I, you had a couple guys who really have some busts there, but you also had a couple guys that just didn't play at all like they've played prior. I mean, I, I will single them out. Farmer's been really good for us those first two games. I mean, he was a guy that was disruptive as hell. He started the LSU game, and he really won those battles individually. Um, he was great. He was great, and uh, he was good anyhow, and and he's he's been good, period. Uh, he's a different animal. That's an NFL player. He's a big, strong dude. Um, but he didn't look interested in playing football Saturday, and I don't think that's attitude. I don't think it's because he didn't care to play. I think he was sick. I think he was sick, and they didn't have enough people. I mean, go back and look at the counts. Look at the play count on the uh, uh, the rep counts. A lot of guys didn't play much. I mean, I, that was weird. Malcolm Ray was out there for like a play. What are, what are, we, what are we doing? They didn't have Byron Turner. People say, well, so what? You didn't have Byron Turner. So what is you got to give guys rests. You got to, especially if they're sick, you got to give people a chance to take a breather. We really didn't have it. I don't know. It was, it was a weird game. And yeah, they didn't run the ball traditionally. We're talking about quarterback runs. But, yeah. but the issue is, like, I can see it both ways to where you say a lot of the traditional stuff we stopped, but you're going to see quarterbacks who can move a lot. Yeah. And this kid can move. And their explosive plays were enough. Yes, he can. That's the other point. But. The, the explosive plays were enough. They got over 400 yards. Yeah. 400 yards. I'm not retconning Boston College to say, you know what? They were better than I thought on offense. It's not a good offense. It's not. 
400 yards is unacceptable. Well, especially it's since they largely the explosive plays of which you speak largely happen on third and fourth down. Right. Yeah. I get it. You can have there, – there are context clues and truths about – being sick or, or whatever. I think there but, were a lot of that. 400 yeah. yards is 400 yards, man. Yeah, it can't happen. Come on now. Well, and again, you had some busts. We'll see if they clean that up this week. I think that uh, as far as practice goes today, uh, they looked a lot more like themselves. Um, you know, I, I was encouraged by who was out there. I was encouraged uh, with the energy. I thought they were fine. They're nothing too much to read into. Nothing really stood out there. Was the staff being extra difficult compared to what you saw in camp? Was there a tenor... Other than the crowd noise that they piped no, in? No, they had a, a ton of it. Uh, they really ratcheted up the crowd noise in a way that is it's louder than I've heard it over there when they do that. Yeah, I'm not sense. afraid to say that. I mean, it made a lot of sense. And it was the good kind of crowd noise. It's not music. It's like, you know, they, they, they did a good job of replicating what the band will be sounding like right up until the snap. And then the fans mm. and big spots oh, really like When they hold the note? Oh yeah, all the they way. Had, it's so that's annoying. The dumbest thing. Be, yeah, that should be illegal. It if you be. can't play an instrument for multiple notes, then stop. Yeah, but then one note. They had. They did a good job of, uh, especially when they were trying to run hurry up and simulating end of game scenarios. How loud it was. They did a good job. With they that. should just have Roseanne Barr on the PA go <laughs> hey, yeah. before the snap. It, it's, it takes no skill. But the 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 frustration of um, that staff. You didn't see it today. Like, I didn't see those guys overly concerned. Now, they're very intense right now, and that's the way it should be before a big game. I mean, it, it's paramount that the limited time you have to get things straightened out and to work on, you know, the things that plagued you that really came back to bite you, you know, they don't have as much. That's the difference in the NFL and college football. You can watch an NFL game plan get totally decimated. You can have an idea of what you want to run, and then on that particular Sunday, because you're dealing with the best coaches in the world who have all day, every day, to fix or to introduce, right? So you'll watch a team be one thing on a Sunday and a completely different thing the next Sunday. Belichick's done it for years. Like They will show you that this is the thing they want to be, and they will change it up the next week based on what they're taking away from you. But they have all week. They have it all day. It's yeah. your job. Yeah, well, the you have, don't have class. That's right. There's no other thing you can do. I'm paying you millions of dollars a year. You're going to look at this thing with me for the next seven hours. We're going to make sure we know it. You're not going anywhere. And we'll do it again tomorrow morning at 5. And then tomorrow night when I call you at 7 to make sure you're doing it again. And I'm going to send you notices at 10 while you lay your head on the pillow and say, look at this, because this is my job and it's your job, and we like making millions of dollars, and we're going to get it right. But you can't do that with college kids. So they've got to make the most of these – uh, moments and so I think there's an intensity there, understanding in a weird way that you have a chance. Like, let's think about what this could be if Florida State goes and beats Clemson on Saturday. I don't care what I've pointed out as inconsistencies or what I've told you about the standard that I'm going to hold them to. I will admit to you that even if I'm willing to continue to do that, and I will, it's my job. If they're 4-0, and I get where most of the fans will be like, great, Jeff, whatever. We're 4-0, and dude. Before the year started, you talked about the two games of the first four and the need to win one of the two. If you win them both, how am I going to be angry heading into a bye week because they have a few blemishes? You'd be right. You'd be right. Like, I thought the Bucks were going to suck this year. I still do. 
They're 2-0 and right now. If they beat the Eagles on Monday night, I'm going to shut up about the Bucs being terrible because at that point, that would be dumb. They would be 3-0. and And I don't know if you saw this stat, just an aside. Baker Mayfield is the number one ranked quarterback in the NFL on third down right now. I've been saying it for years. He's, he's, he's unbelievable he's, on third down. He's 20 of 23 on third down. Mm, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I thought it was an expert signing by the yeah. Buccaneers. <laughs> that's an aside, right? Like, just that's funny. Like, at some point, you have to be like, he's he's playing well. I don't know yeah. what to say. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all there is to it. Okay. He's playing well. Um, we had no evidence to suggest that was going to happen, but it's happening now. Um, I will say it's the same OC that somehow got Geno Smith to be good last year. So mm. maybe this guy's big on reclamation <laughs> projects. I'm just letting you know. Um, but and there may be something to that. But uh, again, if we go to four and zero, if Florida State goes to four and zero, it doesn't really matter that Trey Benson's run the ball tentatively. It doesn't really matter that we're not winning first down efficiently. It doesn't really matter that Jordan could play a lot better than he's been playing. It doesn't really matter that. Occasionally, Johnny can't catch anything. It doesn't really matter. Like, because at that point, you're 4-0. You've won the two biggest games you had to win. Neither of them were at home, and you'd be sitting in the catbird seat going into a bye week with a chance to get healthy and ready and right the ship before you play a sorry-ass Virginia Tech team. We would be singing Kumbaya. So that, that's on the line. You'd be a top-three team. You'd have the two best wins in America. You would be a team that absolutely deserves to be at the top of the talking points about the college football playoff at this point. That's a fact. You would be. Yeah. And if you lose the game on the heels of how you performed against Boston College with those same warts that I just referenced, you'd be talking about, do they got problems? Do, is What's this rest of this year going to be? Do they have issues that we couldn't anticipate? You have one minor injury here. It leads to a problem there. You got some egos here. It leads to some problems there. Like the conversation, the talking points after this game will be very different. It's, you're either... Hey, everybody, let's join hands. All's well with the world. Are they perfect? Nope. But look around college football. Nobody is. Why not us? We're 4-0. Or it's, you know, they've only played one really good half. That, I'm telling you, that's how. That's the extreme of what we'll be talking about. One good half. <laughs> right? I mean, you're going to be like, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. The, uh... And the hard part is anticipating it. You know, you've had feelings over the years for the Louisville game. I've always trusted those because they proved to be right in in the good sense and in the bad. This one just, it's unique for Clemson. By the time we play Clemson, this isn't Miami where for a few years we played them on Labor Day weekend. I think that might have happened once in the history of uh, me watching Florida State. Clemson, typically by the time we play them, you know exactly what they are. Right. Ten years ago, we went up there and we laid the wood on Clemson. They played Georgia the opening week of the season. And that's where ABC fell in love with them and ESPN fell in love with them. Yeah. And why they you know, took a second lap with the bus around the stadium by the time we got there later in the year. But you knew exactly what they were. And the last few years, you know, good quarterback play or great quarterback play, you knew who the guy was. He'd been around a little while. By the time we had seen them, they had had to have played last year. They played NC State, which was a good defense. So you knew that their offense was going to be this or that. They played Wake Forest before we played them. They were tested. Do they know what they have? They might not. I know they're saving stuff for us, but I don't know that, that Garrett Riley knows what his offense is all about. They might still be searching. Yeah. Oh, Whereas would... we know what we are, good and bad. This coaching staff knows they're too old. They're too experienced. 
I'm yeah. talking about the, the roster. It's too experienced to know what you are, what you're not. Yeah, and I, I think um, I think there's a real good chance again that if I'm looking for certainties and things that I'm excited about to see Saturday, is I'm excited to watch them play offense. I don't really know how they'll play on defense. They've caused me to question them a little bit, uh, question them a little bit. You know, what's the scheme? You know, what's I think game I know plan? what the scheme's going to be. A ton of quarters coverage, and you know, I'm fine with that. So they're going to play off. Well, I think they'll play sort of their base quarters. I mean, to to allow for all of those, um, you know, four verts and, and the things that Clemson mm-hmm. does, and with that, that would make sense to me. That's fine because you can, if you you know this, Tom, but if you play that coverage, you can. You, I mean, it can be effective against the run and the pass. Yeah, it can convert to yeah. basically a man. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a versatile defense. It's why you see it in the league. It's why you see it here. It's it's a people have grown. Well, uh, interestingly enough, Narduzzi is the one who was really really good at that when he uh, was at Michigan State, and you know. Yeah, but how does that pair with what you do up front? Well, Are you that was a bit of the prompt. Well, I think so, Tom. I think so. I think they'll be very aggressive up front. Um, I think they'll be much more aggressive up front i think the pro some of the problem and again that could have been born out of illness i don't know but i think some of the problem in that game against bc is we got back to a little bit of the one hand not knowing what the other hand's doing yep Mm -hmm. and i hate that in ways i can't explain it's lead it's led me in the past to talk about not being coordinated especially with an Mm -hmm. offense that this type of offense will slice and dice that apart like most any would. Boston Colleges did to yeah. the tune of 400-plus well, yards. Because you didn't take anything but, away. But this offense will test that. Like, you know, we had breakdowns where some dudes just weren't covered early in the game. Happened in the second half as well. And so BC takes advantage of it. And um, you part the Red Sea for them, perhaps in a third long. Quarterback can run right up the middle. Well, that's us just kind of screwing up. This one's going to manipulate you. They didn't do anything crazy. Boston no, College schematically, no. we were like, well, Hat tip. You guys are, wow. Well, they, I never saw that scheme before. They occasionally lined up three to a side, then flooded an area, and everybody didn't know who to pass anybody off to and got confused. That that was well, a that, That's different. not exotic. No. Not it's what not, Garrett uh, Riley does can be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, that's why I say the, the intrigue around this game is greater than a simple matchup proposition. Where you talk about Florida State Clemson, it's Florida State Clemson. I mean, that's that's a great rivalry. It's turned into, and and Florida State getting back on the national landscape to the to the degree with which we have means again we get to ratchet up this rivalry and the fun and the intensity and the hatred and everything that happens with that when two teams are vying for uh, top uh, the conference. But then you you throw that away because that's largely a fan thing, and then just get into the matchup as opposed to who the two teams are, and it is hard to judge. It really is hard to judge what Clemson is, like you said. Really hard to judge what we are right now defensively. I think there's enough evidence that when the front four is healthy, right, and motivated, they they attack. Yeah. And so I I suspect that that will be on display Saturday. Well, it's just about the multitude of what Clemson does in their running game. And, and do you continue to do your job after a week in which there was panic? Uh, you know, there's no question that there was panic after they exhaled. It's, you know, I know that the offense and special teams were the catalysts for BC's run in the second half. Specifically, they were the catalyst for BC believing again. That and a third and long conversion or five of them. Yeah, a ton of them. But whatever the reason, you have to continue to stay wherever you're supposed to be. Because this scheme, that running back and Will Shipley, 
if you're not where you're – he's got eyes in the back of his head. We talk about it with pocket presence. But this guy will run up the middle. He'll see that you're cheating towards the middle of the field to get in on a tackle. He'll bounce left and he'll run for 30 yards because you didn't hold the edge. Yeah. Because you decided that you're going to go freelance and try to make a play. That's what he does. I always thought it was the easiest thing in the world to teach, though. I, I just don't think it's hard. I think it's so easy to point out on film when you make that mistake. It's so easy it just to remind somebody that I appreciate your aggressiveness. I appreciate how eager you are. It's especially easy, I think, to point this out against a team that you respect. Like I, I think where you get in trouble is when you're playing teams whose athleticism you don't respect, whose overall ability you don't respect, because then you feel like you can just utilize yours to a greater degree and overcome mistakes. It's in this specific area that I agree it's good that BC has some bad tape. Like our, our defense has some bad tape yeah, against BC. Yeah. Great timing for that specific element of it. Stay where the hell you're supposed to stay. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, remember – the offense showed some uh, poor tendencies against uh, Southern Miss in a 66-point effort. It, the reverse was true, right? On those third and fourth down conversions, they just utilized Jordan's legs to buy time and make yeah. people miss and run around crazy. Not sustainable. No, you can't do that. He like, got himself hurt last week doing trying to do the same thing. In that situation, you would say you were successful, but that is that that's the result. That's not the process. The process was an absolute failure. So don't don't do that. Now, they did do it because they could get away with it against Southern Miss. And in huge games, you have to do it. Like, Jordan's got to utilize that ability in this game. If you can make a dude miss or you have an opportunity to run the football, well, we need not be hesitant here, man. If they're in man, they turn their back to you. Go take the 20 yards and get down. Yeah, and if you've got to make a Superman play like you did against Florida, then, I mean, you have to you have to it do it. Time. Yeah, you have to do it. It's nice but that you have that in your back pocket. There's a difference between that and taking the four yards and punting and, you know, hoping that a guy makes a man miss rather than just holding the ball to make a superhero. Whoa, you know, yeah, that's, yeah, that's totally different. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, when you have One's something in front of you. out of necessity. The other is just, yeah, silly. Right, the Florida thing's out of necessity. Completely, completely. Yeah. yeah, it was a broken dam, yeah. Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello there, podcasters. Oh, don't worry. I won't prattle on for two minutes like I do with some of the other reads. Zaxby's doesn't demand it of me. <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips? We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm -hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a Beer Giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. 
I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. The Jeff Cameron Show brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Never leave on your own Where you're from and where you're going Show 93.3 in Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. It's uh, good times. Good to be with you. Big week, fun week. This is why you get excited about college football to play in games like this. Sounds so cliche, but it really is true. You can learn a lot about what your team is and what they're not. And let's hope that the news is good for Florida State. I'm not willing to tell you that that sample size of uh, bad play against Boston College in a weird situation is who they are. But I'm also still not willing to suggest that there is – dominant as I thought they could be coming out of camp. We certainly saw evidence of that against LSU, but now we've seen some evidence against it. So this leaves the intrigue that uh, almost every season provides. Almost every season gives you a moment where you think, ah, I may be wrong about them. And or, ooh, I may be right. This is a good thing or a bad thing, depending on what you predicted. We get a lot of these right and a lot of these wrong as fans. I'm talking about all of us when we apply it to our team, but also college football as a whole. You know, what we think we know about a team or a quarterback or a coach or a program in the direction they're headed, it shifts a lot during a season. So this this happened at a weird time because I don't think – I know I didn't. I won't speak for everybody. I didn't think we would have a, a, a second assessment so early in the year. I thought the second assessment would happen after the Clemson game. The first assessment is what came before the first game where we said, they're good, they're really good, they had a great camp, and I think they'll play well against LSU. You echoed that. We boldly went forth, predicted the scores. I damn near got it right. You, in terms of point differential, you're right. We were right there together. Um, I didn't think we'd be doing a second one until after the Clemson game. Turns out that game kind of required a second assessment of, all right, well, maybe uh, an injury to Akeem Dent – is a bigger problem than we would have ever guessed. And I think that's true. Yeah, and it's it's something where there's a lot of reasons for the head coach to be pissed off, and he was in the post game. He He's wasn't. intense today, buddy. Yep. He, I mean, I'm not saying that you asked about the staff. Staff was the staff. Mike was, like, quiet and watching closely mm-hmm. and, and just really taking a good long look. So I've heard from people around the building, maybe somebody you've talked to or not, uh, some folks, but uh, rivalry weeks? He's a different dude anyway, but I would imagine coming off of that performance against Boston College, I mean, that only accentuates the fact that he's already kind of prickly during a rivalry week. He's locked in, mm-hmm. and he's got a lot to be mad about. Some of it, you said it uh, yesterday in headlines, he's mad at himself to a degree. I think he was. When, I don't when, think he liked the way he called the game in the second half. But also, when you say that a team exhaled, that's on you, man. Come mm. on now. that That's on you to make sure that they don't do that, that they never get to a place where they exhale. Now, that's, uh, you know, in, in the recap, when he's talking about it to the team, he goes, do you understand? <laughs> yeah. A win, that's the bare minimum. We, we're up here. Like, what you did today well, was down here. I commend you for the win, but you got to come here every play. Well, that's I mean, him trying to, to impart the message that was that he realized too late that it failed to get home before the Boston College Challenge. What I think is interesting is that he's not the only guy that has that happen as a coach. It's a cool profession, but it's also a difficult and a weird one, and especially in college because you're dealing, you're not dealing with pros. 
So it, it is interesting. So, for example, Brian Kelly, after the LSU game in the second half implosion where they get run off the field, you know, says, sits up there at the dais. I don't know. I would have chosen that moment to talk about this, but he tells the world that, uh, well, I don't know who they thought they were. They thought they were two-time defending national champion Georgia. Obviously, we're not, and then uh, that, that, that's terrible. It's a weird thing to do because, again, as Tom pointed out, that that's on you, dude. Yeah, you kind of got to yeah. read your team to know that at halftime they felt that kind of good to come out and go through the motions and then get boat raised, have an avalanche on them. Yeah, and in this case, you're up 31 to 10, and, and you know you can probably sense that on the sideline if if it well if the intensity is leaving a, their eyes. It's Look, such it's, a weird. It's thing. not easy, and it no. happens in the blink of an eye that it goes from 31 to in 10 human to nature, 31. To, it, it does happen, right? Yeah, to 22 at that point. But still, that's on you at the end of the day, so it's a reason to be pissed off. And then he said a couple of things that I thought were strange, one of which was we put some things on tape that we didn't want to. We put some things on film that we didn't want to. I don't know verbatim exactly how he said it, but it was, oh. So are, are you worried that something that you you didn't want Clemson to know about us <laughs> is out there? Um, I, I find that fascinating. It's an interesting comment because it could be about effort. It could be about schematic deficiencies. It could be personnel deficiencies. But he said that we put some things on film that, you know, we wish we didn't. I think he's talking about the defense. I think he's talking about what they'll try to do against the defense, what offenses are going to try to now do against this defense. I, it, it, it didn't have to be that way. At 31-10, to 10, you get a stop at 3rd and 17. You go down and score. It's 38-10. The game's over. You're both running the ball into the line, yep. and you get on an airplane. Yep. Instead, you didn't get to rest anybody. You had to play a bunch of guys. Final, yeah, something yeah. weird like that, right? You didn't, you didn't get to rest a bunch of guys. And instead, Verse has to play a ton of snaps the week before you play Clemson, which is not something you want. That's true of several of the guys. You wouldn't want to do that. Um, you you probably further expose aspects of the sec of the back end that you didn't want to expose. So, yeah, man. Uh, eventually, all those things. The beauty of football, though, you you get found out. You get got. Some it's going to happen along the way. We talk about long baseball seasons seasons holding up a mirror to you in a way that the playoffs don't. You know, playoffs is a short race. You can survive with some illnesses, some weaknesses, because they don't always get exposed. But over 162 games, they're going to get exposed. If, you're, if your bench is weak, it's going to get exposed. If your bullpen is weak, it's going to get exposed. And in college football, eventually it does. I mean, somebody stumbles into it maybe quite by accident, which you could argue happened in this past game. And now all of a sudden people are like, hmm. And it's up to you to fix that yeah. so that that goes away. Yeah, and the hard part here for this game, again, is – how much has Clemson put out there, even in the Duke game? I wonder if they took Duke 100% seriously. And- I kind of think they did, Tom. I think that that's the first game with a new coordinator. They're not sure who they are, and they turn it over a gazillion times. They do. But my point is, how much did you really install for Duke versus what you were going to save for Florida State formationally? Like Garrett Riley has a lot more four wide and weird stuff. Weird stuff like three receivers stacked in a, in a line to the right. In, in, in a, yeah uber spread set with a one back i didn't see any of that you know there's a lot of tcu stuff that was different because they had good receivers they, they don't have the level of receivers at clemson that he did at, at tcu last year and you could see that with the depth that they threw the ball max duggan threw the ball down the field all the damn time mm-hmm. last year mm-hmm. you know garrett riley i mean sorry not garrett Riley. kate Klubnik Klubnik has only thrown it down the field deep less than 10 percent of the time well- this year which is not that's not the way this offense typically works. And that's also not a strength of Clemson's right now. And they have a, a, a dinged-up player at wide receiver from this last yep. game. you got to see how healthy he is. In fact, Clemson's health is something to pay close attention to. 
Um, they've had a few guys out. They've had an injury on the offensive line. They've had an injury at wide receiver. They've had an injury, uh, I believe, uh, on the defensive line. So they've had a couple of guys where you're like, oh, I think they're playing a freshman uh, in their nickel package. So that's you never want to do that. If we were doing that, we would be very concerned. Yeah, what I suspect from watching the Duke game, because it's all you got, keep coming back to that, I think we're going to be able to run the ball on them if we're able to run the ball the way – you know, that we're supposed to. The great oddity was they ran the ball on them last year. Yes. And, and they was did so in a way that we had not seen at that point. The the There was a double oddity to that talking point. Florida State ran the ball on Clemson in a way that nobody could have predicted based on the number of first and second rounders they had on that defensive mm-hmm. line and what Florida State was. The problem is that everybody ran the ball on Clemson the rest of the year. Yeah. Like, we un- un- exposed something that yeah. even in a loss, people were like, oh, they're having a hard time with this. Right. And and it wasn't gap. It was outside zone. It was outside saying, zone. Oh, yeah. So that, that is actually just about pushing somebody off the ball, not, you know, flanking them. It was kind of strange. Uh, Dabo mentioned yesterday at his press conference, and I thought Dabo, for as much fun of, as I make uh, of him and at him, and, and for all the right reasons, I think, occasionally can be really good. I've sat and talked with him, and he was really good. That interview I did with him a few years ago, he was really good. He's capable when his ego isn't in the way or he doesn't feel that you're challenging his you know superior intellect uh when it comes to coaching if he doesn't mm-hmm. think that you're doing that then he'll he can be affable and modest and and fun loving and interesting even uh, would, dare i say who would dare do that come on now <laughs> yeah well i thought he was good yesterday you Ken know jennings wouldn't do that he he was right to point out um, you know, the history of the rivalry and they've been on the wrong side of it and on the right side of it and all the games that he's been a part of. And he pointed out how good Florida State is. He praised Mike Norvell. Um, you know, I, I think that's genuine. He did that last year when they won the game and he did it the year before. He's he's kind. Of, I think he likes Mike. I think he thinks Mike's a good coach. Now, we could, you know, obviously once again relitigate the whole Wuhan Dabo situation. But the point would be, I think he believes Mike is is building something that is a problem for him and for Clemson for the long haul. And he's right. I think he's right about that. He talked about Florida State's ability to run all the RPOs off the counter that they like to run. And then he mentioned the screen game. And that's exactly right. We do that very well. And we create a lot of opportunities off of it. And I think he can talk about that all he wants. There is a lot to defend in that and it's difficult and I would not be surprised if they did break out two things that he referenced yesterday Jordan Travis's legs it's big games time to run him and then we always this is just part of our basic offense so I'm not revealing anything here we love to run those slip screens we love to yeah. to to roll Jordan out of the pocket and create opportunities to go back to the other side yeah, yeah. I think that's coming in this game well, and that's where, even though this is an air raid type system that uh, Riley comes from, he calls it the dirt raid now, mm-hmm. they have a lot of elements that are very similar to what Mike does. Now, one thing that's very different about what Clemson is, they'll run straight ahead right at you. Like they'll, they'll well, we were, we're supposed to be able to. They'll call, yes, eventually we'll get there one day, sweet eh, Jesus. I think if you get Mo back, you might be able to do that. I'm talking like dive, you know, like oh, think, yeah, think about yeah, yeah. Uh, Gus Malzahn on first down from Auburn. I, I always like to use that example because it, it killed us that night. And so it's probably etched in people's minds. They will do that, but they'll run gap. 
they'll run counter like crazy they will. Yeah. They'll move the pocket the same way with a pulling guard or a yep. pulling tackle. Yeah, 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 yeah. They do the exact same thing. They spread you out wide. They like the bubble underneath. If they throw the bubble here, though, this is where I'm bullish. We get downhill and we stop that nonsense with a quickness. It's beautiful. I'd be alert on a pump, on a double, you know, mm, a, a double move, yeah. pump and go. That that bit is last year. We had the blitz on the right side, and Akeem wasn't where he needed to be. And I can there was a live shot down the right. with that. I can live with that. Play aggressively, play fast. Right, get downhill. Yeah, play aggressive, play fast. Yeah. So the the hard part for us defensively is when they throw these little wrinkles and eye candies that, oddly enough, we've worked against all at camp because it's what our offense does. what we do, yeah. You stay where you're supposed to stay, in your lanes. Because if you do, I suspect this defensive line will be a lot better and a lot of the stuff that they want to run, second and eight. You know, they'll be in second and eight. And then you're in in business because Kate will give you the ball every once in a while. He's a good player, but... Uh, so far this season, he will give you the football if you're man enough to take it. Well, I'll circle that because I think it's for both sides of the ball. We haven't done a good job of winning first down all that well offensively. We haven't. We're not yeah. winning the ball in the run game on offense on first down. Um, and when we're really good on defense is when we're dominating up front on first down against the run game. So if you're able to stop that and set up second and long, it changes everything. And that's the way defenses have played us so far where – we're in way too many third and fourth downs, way too many. And I think that's because we haven't been able to sustain a run game to get anything kind of going, you know, get get three or four yards on first down, and then let's go from there. Somebody asked me yesterday, how come we don't run more tempo? When you're not winning first down, you can't run tempo. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. So we haven't won first downs, and you can't play fast if you're not able to stay ahead of the chains. What I'm, You can, but it's dangerous. What I'm fascinated by is, you know, Garrett Riley's going to tell you what he saw on film with how they come out. Oh, yeah. How much do they run straight at us to start the game, if at all? And if they do, how successful are they? But does he see something on film that he thinks that we at Clemson can run right at Florida State? Or does he think that they need to go two back, run counters and misdirections to get their big plays in the run game? I think it's the latter. It's the latter. But I wonder how much he saw. But every coach has an ego, and they'll tell you, well, let's test them in there. Let's see what they are tonight. Let's see if they care to be here. Let's see if they're going to be a man. Or are we going to be able to, you know, kind of have our way? Yeah, I suppose if he's just looking at the BC game, he's probably liking everything he sees. But if he goes back and watches all three games, he's saying, well, wait a minute, that might be the anomaly. Yeah. Because it is. But he'll tell you what he saw. Well, and I think this is where you get into what a coach is and what he really knows and what he's hoping and all of those things. Because I think it is that you talk about human nature. It's human nature to believe in your guys that you're going to battle with every day, that you're out there in the 98-degree sun and humidity working with and that you've been encouraging and that you've worked you know, side-by-side side with to believe that they're tough. And you believe that, you know, rightly so, that Will Shipley, so what, somebody's there, or Phil Moffa's tough enough to run a joker over. And they have been in their careers, yeah. and Will especially. So, yeah, why wouldn't you, right? But now you'll get a good answer to that quick. And I tend to think that the latter of what you described with that two-back set, the counters and misdirections, I could see that being yeah, their game plan. The way they set up their passing. Mm-hmm. I think they have to do that to pass, uh, unless they've just been saving an element of the offense, which is possible. Very possible. Very possible. But if you look again at the splits of medium level and deep throws for Garrett Riley quarterback, since he's been an OC, it's only his fourth year as an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Two years at SMU, one year at TCU, and now this. They are so underneath compared to any other year in his time. So, so far, far, yeah, so far. So what, what does that mean? Well, it means they don't have elite receivers, for starters. That's what that means, um, and I think that's accurate. They don't. 
you know, Clemson's had a bevy of really good receivers for some time now. It's nice to see for once that they may be human, ordinary at quarterback and receiver. That'd yeah. be good. That'd, that'd be nice. Everybody has to go through that every once in a while. They've got some slippery dudes, but they don't have no, you know, they Mike don't have, Williams. Right. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hey, guys, our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it quite literally every single day. I began using AG1 because, I'll be honest with you, I don't like to take a bunch of pills and vitamins, and I just wanted something that tastes great, was quick, and easy to remember, so I do it. I do it every morning when I wake up. I certainly have it right after my coffee and before I work out. And I will tell you this, too. It is um, a simple, effective investment for your health. You can try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase Go to drinkag1.com slash JCS. Again, that's go to, uh, all you got to do is go to uh, drinkag1.com slash JCS. That's drinkag1.com slash JCS. Check it out. It's delicious. It's quick. It's easy. It's proven. Vitamins, probiotics, whole food source nutrients. Start your day with it. You'll feel better. I promise. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com. Anything to get to in the chat, fire away. We've got a few. Don't forget tonight, we've got a few as well to answer. Look forward to it. Marcus writes, just got back from Philadelphia. Had the pleasure of watching the game with the Seminole Club of Philadelphia. They love them some war chant and JCS. Awesome, Marcus. That's cool. And a shout out to the Seminole Club of Philadelphia for listening in and supporting the stuff we do at war chant and here on the JCS. That's awesome. It's always cool to go to – I remember uh, we had people do that a couple years in a row with New York City, and certainly yeah. we've always had it in Atlanta and Orlando and Miami. That's a good shirt. The, the, uh, I still have it. Yeah, the long sleeve. I haven't yeah. lost it yet, just waiting for the weather to break out. You know, I had a great day today to start it, a great morning to start it. It reminded me of uh, the football wins yet again. Um, I, I had cause to, uh, to, to, to use the treadmill this morning early. I got one from Orange Theory Fitness. I love their treadmills in particular for a variety of reasons. But anyhow – if on the days that I'm going to be busy, like going to practice, coming home, getting my kid from his football practice, and you and I do and ask me anything like we're going to do tonight at 7 o'clock with our interactive show, yep. which is an awful lot of fun. Hopefully you guys will be there. I'm also recording the War Chant Report at 6, so I knew my day was going to get crazy. And I thought, well, I'm, i got to get some sort of a workout in, and I'm trying to get better about doing that first thing in the morning. That's why I got the treadmill. But get this, buddy. It's, you know, when it's 98 – it's very easy to convince yourself not to go out and hit that treadmill. <laughs> it's it's very because I have it out in the garage, right? So I have to open it up, and it's humid, and you're like, eh. this morning, put the headphones on. It was I flipped it up the garage door. Was, uh -oh. oh, what do we have here? It's showing off for the neighborhood, huh? Brisk air coming through. What do we got? Loved it. It was great. I was listening to an interview with Johnny Morrow while I was running. I was like, I could do this all morning. This was good stuff. Who's that? 
guitarist, former guitarist for The The, The Smiths, Modest Mouse, mm. amongst others. Oh, wow. All right. Really talented guitarist. Been around. Yes. Done some things. Manchester, England. Really brilliant guitarist. Anyhow, so I was listening to that interview, and it was just perfect. I was going. And then I thought, uh, well, this may have to be the thing. Are we going to get this all the time? Football welcomes in good habits for once. What is this? I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I there weren't, there like weren't very it. many good habits before Clemson 13. You know? um, I did not run in the nude, uh, Noel Dad, but I did throw on some, some uh, stretchy runner shorts. Well, there you go. The very kind I make fun of because I was in the oh. privacy of my garage. With it open for the <laughs> well, public to see. You can't see behind the thing there. Yeah, no, it was. <laughs> I want that cool air to hit. We were running. It was good. So I know you're confused. Mm. I am too about what the game is going to look like. I am. I am. Maybe I'll know more tomorrow. What's your confidence level right now? Is it a number? Is it a question mark? It's five out of ten. P. Simpson, 100% Middle Tennessee State is the side against Colorado State. That is a bad spot for Colorado State, buddy. Hour number two, fourth coming. Stay with.